Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Oh, Andrew. The news, the news is upon us. There's just... You you say it all the time, and sometimes I, I think... Actually, I never think you're being uh, full of hyperbole when you say this sport just doesn't stop churning stuff out. It, it's relentless. It really is. And if we could figure out a way... I mean, we could comfortably, if someone would pay us, be talk about this for four hours a day. Like, if we... I often had the dream of having like that, the radio station, a, a, a specific soccer show on terrestrial radio that everyone could tune into in their car. We would never be stuck for content on that show. No, no it's unbelievable. The The sport delivers um, for the better and for the worse. The story today, not a great one. Uh, we will get to the, uh, the 10 point deduction that Everton have been handed by the Premier League and what it means for them. But perhaps there are bigger Bigger pictures to this. Um, I have been frantically trying to educate myself on all elements of the fun part of the sport, which is, of course, finances and financial fair play and all of these things. Um, so we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the situation that Everton are in and what it might mean for some other clubs. Uh, a little bit of a mailbag. You had initially pitched this podcast to me as a mailbag special. Then you, you then handed me two pieces well, I think of mail. I think there's there's I I I I said uh, U.S. men's national team mm-hmm. and mailbag, and then I didn't have anything to do with the ten points being handed to deduction handed to Everton. Like that's enormous news. So right, right. I but I believe, but I believe you handed me the mail 
prior to that news happening. So I think you're, I think you are shape shifting right now. I think you are using events that happen later to help an argument that, uh, I, 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 and, and, I, and it should be noted that one of the two pieces of mail was, was one that I suggested we use. You, Let, let's you just, serious? let's just call it what it is. Let's just call it what it is. You didn't do your job and you're trying to weasel your way out of it. And, no, you know, no. and you got bailed out by the Everton news. That's what happened. I, Just cop to it. It's okay. We all have you know these what? moments. You're I, I didn't. I, you know what? I got drunk last night. <laughs> I got drunk last night. There, there you go. Is that all right? <laughs> no, actually, that's way worse than what I was. I thought you just, I don't know. You're, you got a daughter. You're working. I didn't know that this was just JJ all on a All those things bender. are happening too. All those things are happening too. I also got drunk. How about that? Deal with that. Deal with it. Just, just no, that's, absorb that's too it into on, now, your now brain. Now you're being too honest. See, now, now you've bothered me. You're, no, you're... I, you, you, you wanted this, pal. You opened this door, this Pandora's box. I didn't realize your lack of professional. You... I didn't know your lack of professionalism was because you have a problem. Can't... Well, if you're gonna get, uh, if you're gonna get into ethnic stereotypes, my friend, be Whoa! very, very careful. You, you did that. You... No, you did that. You you told immediately. I say I got drunk last night and suddenly I have a problem. I was celebrating 10 years in this fair city and uh, 10 years in America. And you know what? Daddy had a few drinks. I don't even know what ethnicity you are. You're Canadian, right? What are you? I'm I'm Irish, Andrew. Oh. And there's, there's certain Irish. News to me. There's certain. There's certain tropes about the Irish, Andrew. You may have you you may recall. Yeah, no one seems more aware of them than you. I I think yeah. you need to look inward here. Yeah, man, man gets drunk, man has problem. That that is basically your equation. And my my ethnic background has nothing to do with that. In- interesting, How, interesting. Uh, you are a monster for bringing that into the conversation. That is really something. Anyway, enough of this bickering. Yeah, God. let's let's start Can we with talk about Everton. No. No, U.S. men's national team. So, yes, right, 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 right. How dare you? We'll get to Everton. Don't worry about that. No, the U.S. played last night, JJ, in the Nations League quarterfinal. Yes, sure, it's a tournament that only just ended a few months ago, but we're right back in the quarterfinals. That's how this works. Uh, but not only that, of course, the importance of this is is not just uh, trying to advance to the semifinal. It is also uh, being used for qualification for Copa America, which is the biggest thing the U.S. can be in outside of a World Cup. It is Absolutely. paramount that they qualify, and they are off to a good start. 3-0 over Trinidad and Tobago in the first leg. Um, I do have notes. Um, I also actually had a few drinks last night, but I still stayed up and watched my DVR recording of the game and you took are, notes on it. I wa- you are in. I did. I'm serious. I'm serious yeah, right I, now. I, I know, but you're in. I texted you at, like, now. what was it, one in the morning? Well, so. <laughs> yeah, you're insufferable. Seriously, you're. How long are you going to hold this over for the whole podcast? It's been a minute and a half. I think I'm allowed to hold it over you for 90 seconds. Jeez, how long are you? No, if I, I, if I, I was still bringing like. this up two months from now, then you could say that. But it's been 90 seconds. Hey, so you love wheedling at me, wheedling away. You're the wheedler. I think that you're feeling some inner guilt because you didn't put together. I got a some guilt, all right, you, because oh, you got. I got drunk. some guilt. Um, yeah. So that's three another trait of my Irishness. Jeez, hit me over the head with it. Well, that's one that we share, my friend. Yeah, um, it's cross community guilt. Yeah, uh, let's three nil is your final. Just uh, so I'll, I'll go through. I guess some of what I have here. Very different look for this U.S. team than what we're accustomed to. Now, obviously, some of that was out of necessity with players who were missing. But Malik Tillman getting a real run. Uh, Kevin Paredes making his first start. Cameron Carter Vickers getting the nod over Chris Richards. Um, all of those interesting. I'll get to Tillman specifically when we get more into the game stuff. But before that, 
I want to talk about the Richards omission and uh, Cameron Carter Vickers getting the start. I'm curious what you make of that because Bear Halter, they had the report. I think it was Melissa Ortiz during the game uh, who had the report talking about Chris Richards and how joining being with the U.S. men is sort of an outlet for him because he's not playing for Crystal Palace. But Bear Halter's reason for going with Carter Vickers over Richards seems like it has to do with Richards not playing at Crystal Palace. And I always wonder about this this issue for the U.S. men because it's a thing that has always afflicted them where they want players, they're pushing players to go and play at the highest levels. Then when they do, oftentimes it's naturally hard for some of those players to get minutes. And then those players wind wind up losing out on positions with the national team to guys who aren't. So like Cameron Carter Vickers, through no fault of his own, he's playing at Celtic. He's in the Champions League. Granted, they just lost 6-0 in the Champions League, but whatever. No, but I'm, but like, so he hasn't done anything wrong, but like, he's kind of being rewarded for not, like if he were playing at Crystal Palace, would he be getting minutes right now? My guess is probably not. So it's a tough, it's a tough tightrope that this manager, and this has always been the case for the US, it's a tough tightrope they have to walk pushing these guys, but then not rewarding them for it. It's, it's a tough position. I, I think your opinion of Celtic there is 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 very low. Uh, he's starting. It's not okay. It's not the highest. It's not a top five league. We understand that he is playing in the Champions League. Um, and like I just and, said, they just got smashed to bits. But like the, the idea, like you're, you now now you're going down the line. Well, he probably wouldn't pay pay for you know Crystal Palace. Whatever. I, I do agree with you. It is it is a it's a vicious circle. It's 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 tricky to manage. I mean, I was always of the opinion on this podcast that wherever you can play the you know the highest level that you can get to like we need players at the top sides the top sides. now I don't feel that way I feel if you're at a decent level if you're at like PSV Eindhoven if you are at Fulham if you're somewhere in a mid table it as long as the standard is decent football and you're getting lots and lots of minutes in terms of of international football that's the most important thing because look at Gio Reyna mm-hmm. like Gio Reyna is I, we constantly our most creative player for for large periods of time, be it through injury, but mostly often through non-selection, does not play for his club site. You know, it's always there. I don't think I, I think if there's a guy starting regularly for his club team, he gets the nod over the guy who isn't, but I would not make that a maxim. I would not if I was Bear Halter, I would not make that a maxim. I agree. And by the way, Richards may start in the second leg on Monday. And and I would say if that's the case, if Carter Vickers started one and Richards started one, then in the end, probably fair. I would have no issue with that. We'll see. Uh, Chris Richards spoke a little bit about the struggles of, of trying to break through with Palace. He said, at some points, it can be challenging to keep your focus when you're not playing week in, week out. And it's even harder to keep your form. Uh, I think I just use training as that way to keep form, even though some days can be tougher than others, especially when you're not playing some days. The training after the game kind of does your head in a little bit, but you have to realize that it's a journey. It's not just what's happening at the end of the week. It's kind of the bigger picture. I mean, he almost gives Bearhalter an out here in yeah. saying, like, he he uses the word, it's hard to keep your form. He says it himself. So if Richards is saying that, then he kind of gives Bearhalter an easy path to just say, well, even you think you're not in form right now. I got to go. This is a game that means a lot for us. We got to advance. We've got to qualify for Copa. So I got to go with, it's just a, with Cameron. It's just a, po- a policy at some point. Also, if you're playing a system, 
And there's a guy who fits that system perfectly, like wingbacks. Like when Dest wasn't playing for, uh, or, sorry, we use our, our, our wide fullbacks. You know, they're so important. When Dest wasn't playing for Barcelona, wasn't playing for AC Milan, a club didn't want him, but he's the best option there. You're going to play him over over almost any other guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, you've got to be careful with that one. A bear halter has to manage that one. In fact, I wouldn't be saying anything about that. I would I would almost go with, um, what was it? I think Alexi Lalas had a policy. Basically, he would say, it's not about club football. Some guys... Some guys are absolute superstars for their international team and are journeyman pros all their careers. We've seen it how many times? Yeah. Um, and and Lalas was what fits for the international team doesn't necessarily fit just because you're in great club form. And and yeah. I, I, that would be the way I would go with um in terms of this. Yeah. Now the irony of this, of course, is that you and I could have been playing center back last night, and I don't think it would have made a lick of difference. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we, I mean, I was drunk, so yeah, I probably would. <laughs> um, one other note on the lineups before we get into more of the game stuff. On the Trinidad and Tobago sign, side of it, um, boy, Alvin Jones is only 29. Which, like, when I saw him playing last night, he, more than anyone, is a constant, ever-present reminder of that night, uh, October 10th, 2017. And the fact that he's only 29 it feels like it's just going to be in our face for the next, like, I mean, what he could play there for eight more years conceivably. Like, I, I feel like he could be 73 years old and Trinidad and Tobago, when they play the U.S., they will bring him out of retirement and put him in the lineup just to play these mental torture games with us. Yeah. I mean, he should end his career prematurely just just to, to make us feel a tiny bit better when we see TNT come out in the field. Yep, absolutely. He's only Not be faced with Jeez. that. Yeah, twenty. But there are soccer players who kind of they inhabit an age, and you're like, how is he still twenty nine? He seems like he was twenty nine forever. Ryan Giggs was twenty nine for a very long time, um, <laughs> much longer than a year. So yeah, no, I I, I get that. I get the way it's uh, he's his 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 face, his whole his whole existence in football is triggering for a lot of fans. Um, the game itself, I mean, look, the first half, it was a tough watch. It was a tough watch, uh, and I agree really with most of what was said about it afterwards by those within the U.S. men's national team. This is from Jeff Carlisle. Uh, he said, manager Greg Berhalter chalked it up to a, quote, lack of precision in the final third, but the U.S. seemed almost too comfortable in possession and was intent on trying to score the perfect goal. Quote, we are just trying to walk the ball across the line, really, defender Tim Ream said. That is how it looked. That's exactly how it looked. Is like, we want this when we score this goal, we want it to be a a burst of light from the heavens moment. And like when you're playing against a team that has 10 men behind the ball at all times or nine, when they, when the player was sent off, like you can't, it's not, it's not going to look that way. Um, And this was, it was, it was really frustrating. And we've seen this before. I think, you know, Bearhalter wants possession. They want, it seems like they want intricate passing. It seems like he's generally a little bit discouraging, at times of the let's just blast shots from 20 yards out and see what happens. Right. Um, Although they ended up doing that quite a bit. And he kind of encouraged it. He, and he acknowledged in his post-game comments, he said something to the effect of like, it's not normally what we like to do, but I think we could have, I think we benefited from having done some of that. <laughs> like it was, he said something to that effect. Um, but the first half was I, I tough. I think it should be. No- it was tough, but I found the second half tough too. Um, well, let's. I thought the can we can we deal with the first half first? Okay. 
Um, well, all right, go ahead. Well, I, I think, just want, I think I just I... want to talk about Malik Tillman for a sec. Oh, well, okay, you can do that. I will permit it. Because, like, for for me, he was the one, and I guess Kevin Paredes as well, but Tillman was the one who I felt like really had a big opportunity here. Um, because, look, it's always going to be hard for him. We kind of know what the starting 11 is for the U.S., but there, there's just never going to be a game where our 11 is going to be our, our 11. Like, the preferred 11 will be available. Like, there's someone's always hurt. We happen to have a few really key players who – for unfortunately deal with injuries somewhat regularly. So there's always going to be openings for some guy to break through. Um, when we're talking about creative attack minded positions, I, I generally view Brendan Aronson and even, I guess, Gio Reyna, Brendan Aronson. Those are the first two that come to mind. If, if Polisic's out, um, you know, if McKinney's out, you know, if Wea, but Tillman got a chance tonight. Cause a lot of guys were out. And he's played well at PSV Eindhoven. He's had a really good start to the season. He's come off the bench scoring goals for them uh, for a team that's unbeaten so far in the league. And so this was a chance to bring some of that form over here and show that, hey, move my name up the depth chart. And for me, it's good that he's involved in a lot. But, boy, I found it so frustrating. His his finishing touch and his end product was just, oh, man, it was just brutal. You know. He had he smashed the early chance over the bar. He scuffed the header at the back post. Twenty third minute, he he found himself in the middle of the box alone, and he kind of tried like rather than he might have had time to settle it and shoot. Instead, he tried like a weird kind of outside of the foot flick that went way over the net. Had that misplaced pass shortly after that. That against a better team could have been really like just felt like it was like I'm glad that you're so involved, but at a certain point, one of these things has to be at least on net. Uh, and I, I found myself, you know, I root for the guy. I like him. I, I you can yeah. tell he's a really talented player and he's so young. Like this is not an indictment on what his career will be, but this was, you know, I don't know how many great opportunities he'll get with, with the real first team squad. He got one last night and I didn't, I didn't think it went super well for him. Can I ask you something? Do you ever, do you ever read on how, ta- how good he actually is? Like, is he um, one of those players where, where you're? No, I don't. I don't, know. I don't right now. I would say I don't either. Um, like his time at Rangers, I know, I I know he it was, was good. Yeah, and he's been good I, at PSV Eindhoven so far. Often when I watch, whenever I tune, I'm obviously not watching Rangers every week, but often when I've tuned in to see him play, he has given a performance akin to what we saw last night. Okay, and and I find it very hard, and I'm sure Bearhalter too. It was great that he got the opportunity, but he did not leave the game or leave you with a sense that this guy's knocking on the door right now. This guy's a, a legitimate guy. Bearhalter may lean on in the future, like you said, he's young. There's time, decent start to his club career, but I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I wasn't blown away by many players last night. I have to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially, especially in that first half, I don't think anybody, I don't think I walked away. I mean, look good on Weston McKinney to draw the second yellow, um, on Noah powder. Uh, by the way, that I was going to mention it later, but as far as second yellows go, that is you're 60 yards from goal. You're on a yellow card. There are players still many, many players still between you and the goal. It's not like you're stopping a break. What what are you doing there? That's awful. That that's one of those where the manager is like, what 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 can I do here? 
what can I do here if this happens? You've literally now consigned our side, which was never going to have the lines share of possession anyway. You've consigned us to our 18 yard for the rest of the game with that. Right. That's what you've done. Yeah. Although it's interesting, JJ, because don't you feel like we were just having this conversation about Manchester United the other day after the Champions League against Copenhagen? I felt like Trinidad and Tobago kind of did what we had said Manchester United should have done. Like, okay, that red card happened. Didn't really change anything. Okay, we're still just going to defend with all these guys. It's just like one less. It, it we're just yeah right. One less resource we, for attacking, but who cares? We're not looking to do that. Like this is what we're saying. Yeah. United should have done kind of. And I mean, did it really change the 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 Trinidad and Tobago game plan that much? Probably no. not. No, it probably didn't. Um, the other player who had an opportunity last night, like I said, was Paredes. Didn't think he did a ton with it. Had a few moments where you can see like. You can see the type of player he he could be. Like there's like a silkiness to his game, which I think if he can refine it will be really, really fun and something maybe a little bit different. Um, but unfortunately, he had a, a Zardes touch last night. Um, so I, I, that that moment will now plague him. And I'm sure that mixtapes will be made for the rest of time about uh, his his first touch. Yeah, it was it was so far ahead of him that it actually went into the future. Um, yeah. I, I, it, it, the touch was so far ahead that it had flames behind it, like the DeLorean yeah. from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. Okay. It was a tough look. Um, but those two players, Tillman Paredes, they're both so young. You can see they're talented. They're playing well. They're getting minutes at their clubs. Uh, so keep going. Just keep going. But uh, as far as last night goes, if they if you were hoping to see some big immediate impact, don't think you really got it. Um. So, I mean, here's my question about the first half, and and I know you want to talk about the second half too. So really you can encapsulate the whole game in it. Is it excuse-making to say that it's not going to be a thing of beauty when Pulisic, Adams, and Weah are all out injured? Um, Yes. Okay. That's excuse-making. There was more than enough purported talent on the field to – purported and real talent on the field – to be better than we were last night. Absolutely. And there was a lot of the old failings. The stuff we saw against better teams in attack was there against probably one of the weakest sides you can play. It was right there. There was a lot of going through the center, round the outside, uh, crosses that were cleared, crosses to no one. I mean, yeah, it, it was. some of it was very, very similar to stuff we've seen before under a bear halter U.S. men's national team. Um, the ability to penetrate centrally a couple of times, McKinney, I mean, obviously on the, on the Reina goal, that worked out perfectly. Yeah. The center back stepping in, flick around the corner from Balogun. Another guy who I didn't think covered himself in any kind of glory last night, but that was a nice bit of play. It's still, I mean, the goalkeeper should do, he should not be beaten there. He shouldn't be beaten there. Um, but he was, uh, same as I don't think he should have been beaten, beaten on the Pepe goal. Um, and then it was a long range effort from Anthony Robertson. There was a lot of toil and not a lot of, I would never say, I would never do the thing where, well, actually, Trinidad were comfortable. They weren't comfortable. They were under pressure all the time. That was the nature of it. But there was a lot of perspiration and and not much um, not much in the way of guile, Andrew. I thought we'd have more guile, especially with Reina on the field. Um, yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. I thought the second half was was fine. I didn't come away from the second half saying, eh, more of the same. I thought they made changes in the second half that benefited them. Um, you know, they they did. I know 
Kyle Martino on the broadcast was was talking a ton in the first half about they need width. There's no width here. It's all through the middle. It's all getting eaten up. I thought they did add some of that. It felt like they did cut back a little bit on the intricate passing. They introduced Professor Chaos in Brendan Aronson, who just, once again, is just shot out of a cannon and wreaks havoc. Immediately, he came on, almost could have scored with his first touch, uh, but he put it just wide of the post. Um, obviously, the introduction of Ricardo Pepe, again, I mean... We we've been talking about this more and more. Seven goals now in 2023 for him with the with the national team. He has he has responded to this challenge and he's he's currently occupying a super sub role. Um, he's doing it really well. And I know you and myself at times we say Balogun is he's been fine, hasn't blown us away necessarily. Pepe's starting to get into that territory where I'm starting to starting to feel a little blown away. Every time he comes on, he scores. I mean, this is – and I hear – you know, I was I was watching Hercules Gomez the other day. He was talking about the system that the U.S. plays, and he was saying, you know, the Bearhalter system isn't really suited for a number nine to thrive. It's more suited for the wings, Wea, Pulisic. We mm. see that. It's suited for those guys to thrive, and, and the number nine, sometimes it's going to be frustrating. And that's been the case, I think, maybe a little bit for Balogun. But Pepe comes on, and and he's scoring goals. And he's finding a way to thrive. Yeah, and I think I think Berhalter wants more of what again, and I'm just using this as an example of of the Liverpool front three that we remembered from Salah, Firmino, and Mane. Like he wants, he's often talked about mobility, players being interchangeable, um, not necessarily. I agree with Herc. He's he's not looking for a Holland type center forward like I mean if we had one obviously that would be tremendous but you know like that that kind of center forward that guy he he wants more from them um and I think at like Balogun Pepe obviously get, the goal is excellent gets across in front of the defender um still, I mean I still think the keeper could do well but in in terms of like getting across your defender attacking the ball like it's a great little flick um I I, I I'm not as I'm not as like certain on him as you are but you're right he is whenever he's introduced whenever he's asked to do and to to deliver he has done it like you can't you can't say he hasn't and he's put himself in the picture um but i'm i'm still like if, if, if we came out of the world cup talking about well finishing the striker you know that that does not seem like a resolved position for me i, I, I think we're but like we're all the, we're we're always going to need to have, and here's my worry, mm. we're always going to need to have multiple ways of scoring goals, goals from different players. We're we're always going to need that, and um, that's why everybody's finishing from from that entire front six and and set pieces from the defenders has to be really really good, and it and it isn't right now. Like look at Pepe, even that chance that presented itself where he hits the advertising hoarding. I mean that's open goal. He's got to bury that. We don't. We do not have that clinical player up front, and uh, as good as Pepe is, I don't think he is that clinical yet. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I couldn't really, I couldn't really fight you on those things. Um, I thought Anthony Robinson was good down the left. Seemed like a lot of the attack was going through him. He set up the Pepe goal and then got rewarded with one of his own, one of those outside the eighteen-yard blasts. Um, took a little bit of a deflection that might have helped it along a little, um, but it looked like that was headed for uh for the back of the net regardless um so i like him i like his white hair um and uh yeah i was generally pleased with how he played Gio Reyna thought he was good 
like you said, most creative attacking player out there, maybe our best one. Um, scored a goal, got rewarded for it. Seems like it's so funny now. Like I, I, I am kind of. I know I spoke like last month about how I'll never be past the the bear halter reina stuff um i do think in all seriousness i do think i kind of am um but it is interesting like there was the one moment i just i just think about it sometimes like when bear right, hold something... on don't say anything don't say anything are you talking about when board goes up for minutes right at the end of the game and the camera pans to bear halter and he's come he's complaining about the six minutes and the camera pans back to geo reina and Reyna is mouthing something, and you can't tell who he's mouthing at, or 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 what it is he's he's talking. Did you straight away think, is he talking to the sideline here? Like what's I, going on here? I didn't think that. I don't remember that part. because uh, I'm I'm still looking for those little things. Me too. I still am. And yeah. for me, it was when like at one point, like the camera just was on Bearhalter, and he was trying to communicate a message to Reyna, and he screamed, "Geo, Geo!" And I was like, oh, oh, they're talking, they're communicating. This is good. Like, I just over, I, I think about it. Like, it's not like, like you're there, like, my mind like you're a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Cause I want the, I, uh, this team, I mean, what have we always said for whatever pl- positives or flaws there are with this team? The one thing that we thought we always had nailed on were vibes. Oh, vibes merchants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we just are desperate for that to be intact. Because that is what our image of this team is, is if nothing else, we have the vibes. And the Bearhalter Reina stuff threw a a huge monkey wrench into that, and I need it back. I need it back, and I think it is. I think It seems like, you know, the U.S. soccer, like, they put out a lot of good, like, enjoyable bonus content and stuff like that where you can get a sense of this team. And I I really do think this team loves playing with one another. Um, Like, I saw, who was it? Was it Kevin Paredes was joking about... um, Balligan didn't know that <laughs> that Brendan Aronson and Paxton Aronson were brothers. He didn't know that. <laughs> he just thought they had the same last name. <laughs> I mean, like that's hilarious. Um, so I'm I'm here for all that. And yeah, it seems like uh yeah, it seems like things are are where where we want them to be from that perspective. Look, um we've 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 really thought that this team has has gotten guys dual nationals to declare for us because of vibes. So yeah. you're not you're not wrong to want to to have those things fostered. I think the vibes are fine. I, I I'm more concerned with that the things like how do we get to a place where we overcome the kind of breakdowns in attack, like that that last pass, that last cutback. Um, uh, but whatever you say, I thought we'd have. I know it's difficult to go through like man mountains of defenders parked right in front of the 18 yard like those those are very tricky things to do but i thought we'd have better more intricate central penetration things like that um well i mean yeah, look maybe it's, I'm, it's maybe, tough you know when a team is putting 10 guys behind a ball i'm uh, i just... could be reading too much into it because i i remember when when the republic of ireland were like when i was growing up watching them religiously and they were one of the best teams in europe it was always Always, no, whether it be Latvia at the time, Albania, whoever showed up, they parked the bus. Yeah, Ireland struggled, and they had way better players than than the US have right now. Like they they had guys who were like at the top Premier League sides, every single one of them. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard, and it doesn't make it is, for a, it, is, it doesn't it, make for it, a very it, watchable product. 
No. I, and I was irked a little bit by the commentator regularly mentioning, you know, this guy's playing Charleston Battery USL. And I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> this is like, this isn't lower league Europe. This is lower league in our own country. Uh-huh. Okay. We got it. We got to do better. That, yeah. And I guess once you, when you're in that mindset, it's hard for you to, to just relax and, and understand the situation. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, a couple other things, refereeing decisions, we mentioned no, the Noah powder second yellow. I thought absolutely um, the penalty um, that I, the, the U S were initially, penalty. the U S were initially given and then VAR took it away. Um, you thought it was a penalty. I did. Um I thought McKenney's played for it well because he's definitely stepped in front of him. He knows the guy is can't see him and he steps in. Guy goes to ground. I think there, like there's contact for me. Um, again, an interminable var. Like the, I I was no I was no clearer. Like I was I, I'm not definitive in in that it's a pen, but I felt you know was there was there an error with the on field decision? No, I think I think it was fine to give a penalty. Um, I don't know. They didn't. I, I'm not sure that I agree. I thought. Okay. Uh... I think it would have been a pretty soft one. Who was it? Phillips? Was he the, the player for Trinidad and Tobago? He he got the ball, and it looked like, you know, they kept talking about McKinney's plant leg, his left leg. Looked like he kind of rolled his own ankle. Yeah, maybe. So, I don't know. I was kind of I was kind of like, yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't know that that is one. I'm all right with that being overturned. Yeah, I wasn't all right constantly watching. I was like, come on, come on, get on with it. But again, it's it's a game of import. They were hanging in there. Mm-hmm. You you have to... I, you. The referee was right to use all the available options to, to come to the decision, and it was overturned. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so in the end, final verdict from me, fairly frustrating for about 80-plus minutes, uh, but when a team is putting nine or ten men behind the ball, it's it's not always going to be easy, and it's not going to be beautiful. Um, you know, happy that the U.S. seemed to remain patient. Right subs, I felt like, got made. Aronson, uh, Pepe, opposition got tired. U.S. didn't. They scored three goals in the last ten minutes. Um, so I'm, I'm generally fine with this game. It wasn't an oil painting that I'm gonna hang in in my living room. Also, for me, it wasn't a stick with which I would beat this team with. It was this game was fine. Three nil, first leg in great position, heading into the second leg to to get the job done. Uh, my, my verdict takeaway. is. I'm not sure how concerned I am by that performance yet. Uh, I didn't love it. I think there are continuing issues that um, that need to be addressed. But good to get the win, get out of there. Uh, hopefully the next leg is, is equally as comfortable yeah. on the scoreline. That is the hope. Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll go ahead. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We've got some uh, We've got some financial news to discuss. Finance, Andrew. Yes. So we will do that with a with a a short mailbag to close out with as well. More more caught off sides. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, back now on Caught Offside. You know what, JJ? I'm sorry. There, there was one other, there was one other thing I wanted to mention from the U.S. game that I had forgotten about. Um, at halftime, uh, Demarcus Beasley, he had a, you know, because oftentimes we 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 do criticize the manager a lot. That is a lot of what goes on. But Demarcus Beasley said something that I thought was actually kind of refreshing that I feel like I don't hear very often. His criticism of the u.s was so simple he was just like yeah the system whatever but like guys just need to play better i feel like i i wish i heard that not just in pertaining to the u.s but just in general i feel like it's a it's something that's so simple and probably applies way more of the amount of time than we ever actually hear it when analyzing the sport i i actually agree with you um sometimes it just comes down your your quality's not there you're not doing things to the optimum level that you can do better. Sometimes it is that simple. These guys are all perfect. Like if Malik Tillman was at least putting some of those on net, you know, like just play better. You're a professional. You're playing in a, in in a high league in Europe. Like this isn't good enough. So yeah, I, I, that's just a general statement, not necessarily just about last night's game, but just something I, I like hearing everyone. It's not always the systems breakdown and it's not always the manager's fault. And you know me, that is, that is generally, now I've changed. You've pushed me a little bit over the years as we've done this, where I I do now see that coaching matters. Yes, um, but but I have always kind of trended a little bit towards the side of like a coach can only do so much. A coach can Dude. put players in positions to succeed, and that's important. But like if players aren't if they're in those positions and the ball falls to them and they do something wrong, maybe don't always blame the manager for a systems failure. Some these guys are professional athletes. Your your mindset is a first principles mindset. Going into a game, Andrew looks at the two 11s and he'll tell you which team is better based on who has the best players. And guess what? I be, I'm probably right more often than not with what the result of the game winds up being. Uh, absolutely. If absolutely. I just, if I bet money solely off of that, I'd probably be up big. Uh, Graham Sunas, Roy Keane, all these guys often say just about the players you have. I think there's some wisdom there. Um, Everton. So we found out a couple hours, about an hour and a half or so ago from the time that we're recording this. uh, We found out, as they did, that they have learned their fate. And it is a 10-point deduction. They now drop to 19th in the table from 14th, where they just were. So points-wise, they're one back of Sheffield United, who are currently 18th and two back of Luton Town from 17th. This speaks a little bit to what we were talking about the other day with Everton, where I was saying how you know they were 14th, felt like they'd been playing well. That's not a great position necessarily in the table, but don't worry about that. Just worry about the points. Don't worry about what the teams around you are doing. Just worry about those points. And in the end, they, they get hit with the 10-point deduction. And while it sucks and it's going to make things very nerve wracking for them, perhaps the rest of the season, more so than it might have been much more so, it's not crippling. 
It could it's have been not cre- terminal. Right. There's st- I think that they're still going to be okay here. I really do based on, you know, how bad some of these teams are around them, but also based on their own form and the fact that they put themselves in a position where they could get knocked back 10 points, but still only be two away from safety. I think that that is a little bit of, of a testament to them. Um, so, and look, they, they have already said straight away, they are appealing this. Um, my guess is this is just a per, <laughs> I don't know what this is based on. I have a feeling a couple points will be knocked off of that. And maybe you'll see it go from a 10 to like a, I don't know, seven, eight point deduction. Um, just purely a guess. Um, well, we should we should note, um, Sky were reporting today, and it's amazing some of these I've forgotten about. Only three clubs have previously been docked points in Premier League history. Middlesbrough were deducted three for failing to fulfill a fixture against Blackburn in 96-97. That one is wild. Uh, Middlesbrough said they couldn't put out 11 first team players. They could Like they couldn't get 11 out. Um <laughs> Uh, it was, it was, I think it was either flu, everyone was sick or they came down with some kind of food poisoning and the Premier League were so, um, just so adamant. I, I still don't understand why an accommodation couldn't have been found for that game. Uh, Portsmouth were stripped of nine after entering administration in March, 2010. Uh, and that, I mean, Portsmouth's free fall since then has been spectacular. Tottenham were handed a 12 point deduction before the 94, 95 season for financial irregularities committed several seasons earlier, but that punishment was initially reduced to six points before eventually being revoked. They, they Exoneration. Vindication. Literally, literally, they, they literally did with Tottenham. Well, you've been a bold, bold boy. No dinner. And then Tottenham turns around and just winks at them. And, 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 and the Premier League ruffles Tottenham's head and goes, go on, you scamp. um so it's interesting uh with this punishment everton don't really i mean look they they fought it um but they don't really deny it um so in their part of their statement that they released uh they say both the harshness and severity of the sanction imposed are neither a fair nor a reasonable reflection of the evidence submitted um they're not saying that this is unfounded this is they're just saying that this is too harsh for what we for what we've done here. Um, Sky Sports, I'm reading from them. They say, according to the Premier League, Everton admitted during a five-day hearing it was in breach of the league's profitability and sustainability rules, PSR. Uh, The commission determined that, quote, Everton's PSR calculation for the relevant period resulted in a loss of 124.5 million pounds as contended by the Premier League, which exceeded the threshold of 105 million, which is permitted, which is also a huge number. Teams are allowed to lose that much money. Um, they go on to say, while the nature of the alleged breach has not been disclosed, Sky Sports News understands the charge related to interest payments on the cost of building the club's new stadium at Bramley Moor Dock. Why are you saying it like that? Because it's such an English-sounding thing. Bramley Moor Dock. Like, I feel like it, it could be in, like, Thomas the Tank engine. Thomas rolled into Bramley Moor Dock. A hundred percent. Hello, fat controller. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. So this is this stems from uh, from their new stadium, which you know, like like with Tottenham. Now Tottenham didn't get into financial jeopardy in this way, but it basically prevented them from conducting any business uh, on the transfer market for a while um, as they tried to pay that off. Uh, these things, in the end, like they can bear fruit, but it can like. 
boy, just seeing that, just imagine, you know, the the jeopardy that Everton would be in had they gotten if if one or two things happened differently last year or the year before and they got relegated. Like they're they still can't afford this and are in breach of the PSR in the Premier League, even with being in the Premier League. If they were still trying to pay, if they were trying to pay the stadium off and they were in the championship, oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, they don't even know how. I mean, obviously, it was a huge moment of jubilation when they stayed up. I don't even know if their fans in the moment realized just how important those moments were, and what what it could have meant for the club had things gone just a tiny bit differently. Boy, that's a what if that uh, would be scary to just keep pulling the thread on. That is that is crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And and, and if all this this investigation had happened much earlier, uh, well, I suppose it couldn't have happened much earlier because it's. It's 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 year specific, um, yeah. I um, I've I've kind of been gauging reaction to this, yeah. Um, Andrew, and Everton fans are dismayed, and they're also quite annoyed. Mm-hmm. Now, everything in football is tribal, but I feel this is this is kind of um, th- this reaction I don't feel is tribal. This is more looking around, surveying the scenery and the landscape of the Premier League and thinking, wait, wait, wait. You're starting with us? Yeah. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Now, there's two ways to read it. So I will give you two tweets by, you know, uh, people we respect. Aaron West. When I think of financial crimes in the Premier League, it's definitely Everton in bold. That stands out as the most egregious to me. Absolutely, full stop for sure. Full stop. Now, Aaron is doing a sarcasm there, just oh. in case, uh, just in case people didn't get it. That's one. That's one reaction. The other one is uh, Michael Kelly, and I'm not sure I'm with Michael on this. I want to be with him on this. It is hard not to read the Everton points deduction as a statement of intent from the Premier League with City and now Chelsea to come next. I think they want to crack down. That's one way of reading it. It might very well be the case. It, another way of reading it is we need a sacrificial lamb mm. and we need someone we can deal with. Someone who is manageable from a lawyer's standpoint. Um, and that's that's where uh, I think uh, Roger Bennett comes in. Um because he mentions Everton faced one FFP charge. Manchester City currently have been grappling with a whopping 115. Yeah. The silence on that admittedly more complex case will now speak volumes until the Premier League announce it, announces how it intends to proceed. Everton do not have the power to tie their case up with expensive super lawyers who can bog the charges down and strangle them in a legal quagmire. They, are, they also are not a nation state who, I crap you not, have the power to kick the case into the diplomatic governmental level. That is the facts here, folks. So the Premier League may say, I need to crack down on this. How shall I crack down on it? I'll go after the smaller of the fish. Yeah, it definitely feels like like you're leaving a loaf of bread out at night. And when you wake up in the morning, it's gone. So you put a camera there and you see a mouse nibbling at it. And you think, oh, okay, that, that I see now. And then you see two grizzly bears walk in and take it home with them and leave and you decide 
to kill the set of mousetrap. Right. <laughs> like it doesn't doesn't really feel like we're going after the, the real culprits here. Um, but you want to just say but, but, but you want to just say you did something to help the problem. Like that's kind of how this feels to me. And I do wonder. I saw Gary Lineker, he posted about it too. He said, uh, with Everton being docked 10 points, it will be very interesting to see if other clubs are sanctioned. Um, you know, if, if they think, if they think, JJ, that going after Everton here will satisfy the public's uh, thirst for justice in financial irregularities in this league, I mean, they are sorely mistaken. This This doesn't serve that. If they think that that's what this was going to do, then absolutely not. I think, if anything, it it only ratchets up the volume around this tenfold um, because people aren't that dumb. And so I do wonder if this could be the crack that breaks the Premier League's FFP dam. Now, with Manchester City, you're right. Because of, you know, Lord Panic and the team of lawyers that they've assembled and and the backing of a nation state behind them, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. It's been very everything with that. It is ongoing. It's just been so secretive. Um, and, and no, it is much more complex. And what and what. Um, how shall I phrase this? What the Premier League are accusing Manchester City of doing is much more complex, intricate and um, not that it's complex and intricate. I'm not using the right word here. It's much more. Nif- Everton have been silly boys, basically. Oh, there we go. We got there in the end. Uh, and Everton have, you know, spent beyond their means. What other phraseologies can we look? They they were also in some ways a victim of circumstance. They had not bought into uh, the fact that uh, Vladimir Putin would launch a war of aggression and invade a sovereign nation in Ukraine. They they did not see that coming. And they did not see that Usmanov and the money that he was providing for Everton, that tap would suddenly be turned off. And his assets frozen and they, they wouldn't be able to deal. They wouldn't have that 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 money uh, to lean to lean on. Whereas Manchester City. I don't want to prejudice the case, but, you know, what they've done is is, is longer term, more intricate and intentional. Perhaps. Um, now, Perhaps intentional. Yeah. Um, now, the one that I'm becoming a little bit more interested in, because it feels like the Manchester City one, rightly or wrongly, I just have it in my head that that's just going to go on forever. And that like maybe one day my grandkids will see the resolution to how this <laughs> to how this all plays out. Um, the one that I am now becoming interested in, JJ, is that other grizzly bear, Chelsea. So I'm reading here from The Guardian. The Premier League is under mounting pressure to crack down on clubs after an investigation by The Guardian and international partners uncovered secret payments that raise questions about the financial affairs of Chelsea under their former owner, the billionaire yeah. oligarch Roman Abramovich. As experts warned uh, warned that Chelsea could face a points deduction if found guilty of breaching spending rules, politicians and a senior executive at a rival club called for tougher oversight of football clubs. On Wednesday, it was revealed, so a couple days ago, Uh, It was revealed that the club, Chelsea, may have benefited from tens of millions of pounds in payments routed through offshore vehicles belonging to Abramovich. Beneficiaries appear to include the agent of the star player Eden Hazard, an associate of the title-winning manager Antonio Conte, and Chelsea FC officials. 
Other payments appear to have been connected to the purchase of the players Willian and Samuel Eto'o. Hmm. This feels like I I wonder if there could be resolution on this far quicker than that of Manchester City because it feels like the allegations here are much more specific in talking about what happened. It feels like the Premier League maybe has has more on this and the fact that this is a little more public, not quite as secretive, I don't right. know, lends, lends me to believe that there could be something here that that we see uh closure on faster than and, with and, City. And what does it mean that it's no longer that owner involved as well. Like there's a new regime at Chelsea. Like how how do you? Well, that won't matter. Now I do no. think Todd Bowley. I think that there was some settlement reached because they. I think there was self reporting that went on when Bowley when the purchase was made by Todd Bowley. Uh, yeah, he said find... those breaches were reported by the new Stamford Bridge ownership following the club's sale to a consortium led by American investor Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital. Right. Um, and I think that there was some sort of settlement where he paid, I think, like eight point seven million. Um, but this report says that there are they are afoul of tens of millions in in payments. So I don't know. I have no idea. This stuff is eminently confusing to people who primarily just kind of watch soccer. Um, but I don't think. I guess my basic point is that I don't necessarily think that this is just um, okay. We'll we'll throw you guys some chum here in Everton, and that will satisfy the public's desire. Uh, for the Premier League to straighten itself out financially. I don't think that's the case. And I do, there is part of me that thinks that this might be the crack that that breaks the dam. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but in the here and now, what do we think to put a bow on this conversation with Everton? You think they'll be okay? Um, I feel I feel they'll be okay. Um, but God, I don't know. I think I they're going to be okay. I, I've, I've made a full 180... 180 degree turnaround on Everton. I was sure at the start of the season in our season preview that they were going down. And now I feel so good about them that they can, that I've actually now seen them take a 10 point deduction and I still think they're going to be okay. And that's, uh, that's two prong. That's because I think that they played better than what I thought they would play like and the teams around them. Like I didn't think Burnley would be this horrible, you know, like that, that surprised me a little bit. Um, You know, so all the, the, the three promoted clubs, all look terrible right now. Everton look way better than those three. Uh, so the fact that they're only two points off safety, I think that they'll. I think that they can manage that. I think they'll be all right. And I and I still think that their that their appeal may get them a couple points back from this. I I don't know. I don't know where this is going. It's it's one of those where it's. Well, just what do you know, huh? About this, I I really don't know. I mean, you might be right that the, there'll be a, a reduced deduction. Like, because it does look, the Premier League are cracking down, 10 points, gets reduced a bit, everyone's learned their lesson and we move on. Um, the bigger picture, is this a sacrificial lamb? Is this, must Everton die so so City can live? Like, what's going well, on here? Like, I don't want Everton to die, by the way. That's That imagery is bleak. I, I just, I, oh, we need more time to see exactly where, where the Premier League are at. Fair enough. Um, let's see. We'll get to our mailbag in just a sec. But before that, JJ, I want to remind everybody, obviously, Thanksgiving is is uh, less than a week away now. God, I love that holiday. What a what a glorious holiday. So grab the oven mitts because this news is too hot to handle. As we feast our way through mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce, let's chat about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's uh-huh. right. That's right. It's time to say goodbye to your old razor and make sure 
that you're as smooth as a pumpkin on the doorstep. So hop over to manscaped.com, and when you use the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE, you'll score 20, uh, 20% off and free shipping. So get ready for your man to gobble-wobble and glide his way through. Thankful season with the lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Have you used it recently, JJ? I know that this is something that's been an ongoing uh, fantastic yeah it's fantastic i'm in excellent shape down there that's really really would be you know if the premier league were to do a thorough investigation of my downstairs there would be no points deduction yep they've got the the lawnmower has the dual skin safe yep. blade heads so because you only want the safest technology obviously for that area no more scissors no more nope. messes left nope. behind uh with this of course there's the lawnmower 5.0 5.0 ultra the weed whacker 2.0 ear and nose trimmer uh, Manscaped's liquid formulations and two free gifts as well. Um, so get 20% off and free shipping with the code caught offside at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code caught offside. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Um, so get on that, everybody. It is a great gift. And hopefully we'll have news for you uh, in the coming days about another gift for you and for every for all of your loved ones and soccer fans and non-soccer fans in your life is the caught offside merch. It's getting realer and realer um, by the day. So keep your eyes and ears open. Keep listening to the pod because we'll have more info for it coming up in the next few days. Keep your eyes open on our X Twitter account um, and get on the Reddit page too. I can't encourage people enough uh, to get on that page because there's so many great conversations there, but certainly that's where a lot of info will be dumped about uh, the new merchandise and all that stuff. So everybody out there, if you like this show even a little bit, even if you only listen like once in a while, it's still worth being a part of one of the animals on the Reddit page because I, I just love what's what's going on in there. And with that, we go right in, JJ, to um, to our mailbag. And uh, you've picked out a couple here that you want. Yeah, to- I have picked out a couple that I've been lambasted for doing so. Um, and it's a perfect segue, Andrew. Cutoffsidepod at gmail.com. That's the that's the. Email uh, Axio Soccer Pod is the X, the Twitter, and Caught Offside Pod is the Instagram handle. Lower League Sides, Jack V. Hi, guys. Love the pod. Was talking to my buddies about Lower League Sides like Wrexham and Salford getting money pumped in and getting into the Football League. Wanted your thoughts if you think this is good or bad for Lower League Sides. I happen to like it, but my other buddies feel it's financial doping. Thanks. Um, well, I think my views on it are clear. It's 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 hard now. I I watched the final episode in the season of Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, I would say it's this season has been. I, I I wasn't sure about it. I I really enjoyed it. It's been a joyous watch. But even they on the show allude, allude to the fact that it is it is financial doping of a sort. Um, a lot of the players in the national, or a lot of the teams in the national league were not happy with it. A lot of the team supporters. To suddenly have this supercharged Wrexham with the McElhenney and, and um, Deadpool money. Um, yeah, it's it's financial doping. Not everyone is getting this money. One club is getting it and they're fire and now they're top of league two. Um and they they I don't I don't think they fully engage with it on the show, but they certainly mentioned it. Like, for example, the commentator um who regularly shows up, the Wrexham commentator, he said. Of the two teams battling, setting setting record highs, like 107 points. Um, of the two teams battling at the top of uh, the National League, Wrexham and Notts County, he said, 
we're we're where we we are supposed to be with the money we've spent and the players we've brought in. Whereas Notting uh, Notts County have done amazingly to be where they are based on their resources, based on their players, based on what they've done. So like there's an admission there, very much so that we're beyond this league. The players they signed, Paul Mullen could play League One, certainly Championship. Like they're above. Like they've signed James McLean to League. A league two guy, a guy with over a hundred caps. He hasn't retired for Ireland yet. He is going to do it soon. But you know, he's played in the Premier League, the Championship, most of his career. He's at Wrexham now. Like it's financial doping, whatever way, however warm or fuzzy it makes me feel, and it does to see that town do well. That club is doped up to the gills. How do you so? But like, so what do you do to prevent it? Like this is not, you know. They're not a nation state. Like I know that there are no. some some elements of that that we see in the Premier League that make us uncomfortable. But it's all relative. They're just to, to, they're just a couple famous guys. Like I don't know. Like do what's the suggestion then that there should be a salary cap to prevent this kind of thing from occurring? Like I don't know exactly. Yeah, I, I don't. I guess yeah, I'm I, saying I, I don't really know I, what I you do. Yeah, I think there needs to be, again, down the divisions. Uh, I know it's outside the football league, but like, let's just talk about, I, I think you have to curb. I mean. Do not Salford allow new are, ownership that has too much money? Like, Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you do with that. How do you put the genie back in the bottle? But I, I maybe, maybe the ownership, that kind of ownership is allowed. But like there's, that there's more money comes down the pyramid. We're always talking about that. It was a big argument not so long ago. We talked about it on the podcast where the top six didn't want to renegotiate. It was one of the things that they talked about in the lead up to the the uh, the creation of the Super League. They don't want to pay solidarity payments down the league, but maybe we we that has to happen. So like the Boreham Woods, it goes all the way to the Vanarama National League, goes all the way to League Two, so that team survive. We've seen Bury go out of business, an ancient club. Uh, you know, and they're gone. So I don't know. Some, but I, I do think something needs to happen because as nice as and warm and fuzzy as this is, they distorted that league completely with the with the quality of player they were able to sign and the money they were even to spend on, able to spend on facilities. Yeah, that's that is true. That is all true. Um, and finally, uh, on the Reddit or forward slash caught offside pod, uh, remote global three three five. The 1980, the 98 squad in American fiasco. I know Samson is kind of meant to come away from the pot as the villain, but my God, that team had its fair share of inexcusable behavior problems. Blaming the accommodations for a loss to Germany. Seriously? And Roy Weggerly standing up and telling Samson we're just here for our own self-interest and everyone tacitly agreeing? I, I am should have so- said spo- spoiler alert, but... No, no, no. I am so glad that this message was sent because I came away thinking so many of the same things. Yes, yes. Steve Sampson, did, he has some missteps along the way that are that are glaring, that are really significant. Um, and I don't know that he was necessarily the right man for the job. Like I said on our last pod when we were going through this, I understand why he got the job. They won some big games. They performed well at Copa America. Like, I get it. I get why he got the job. But in the end, it was a job that was too big for him. But sure. but in looking at it, guess what? I think this job would have been too big for a lot of people. Um, that that cast of characters in there. That's why I actually really enjoyed Alexi Lalas in this podcast, American yes. Fiasco. He was the only. I mean, he was the only one that seemed to be really like self-critical and willing to look back at his behavior 
and suggest that he was he said I was a malcontent. Like he was a guy, you know, he they ran to the press to complain about what was going on. They were yeah, I get that they had like some problems with being stationed in the chateau and they felt like they like it all makes sense as to why that there was some disgruntled players about that. But boy, the way that they it, it sounded just so petulant with how they handled some of those things. And like, let's be honest, the the Winalda Harks thing. So when I like when I hear that, and obviously it's now been well known for years that this is that this is what got John Harks kicked off the team, but like when I hear that that's why he got kicked off, I like I think, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. But then in the mind of a player, like Alexi Lalas, they're, all the players seem to be like, even Winalda's like, no, we can deal with it. If Does he help us win? Then it's okay. Even Winalda felt that way. I kind of felt bad for Samson where like he feels like he's doing the right thing. A player just had an affair with a teammate's wife. That's unforgivable. So like, I understand Samson going with his gut and saying like, this can't be this. We cannot bring that drama to the world cup with us, but the players were all against him in doing that. That's weird to me. And I feel bad for Samson because I think his heart was in the right place, making a decision like that, that was really, really difficult. Um, And he didn't tell anybody about it. He took all the slings and arrows of that. No one knew for Mm -hmm. years as to what actually happened there. And the Roy Weggerly thing. I mean, they talk in this about how he was a leader. I found he, that I found that weird. He was a leader in this team, and players looked up to him. He was playing in in England, and for him to st- to to get up in that meeting and say, "We're all here for ourselves." That's what this is about: is bettering ourselves. And players kind of ag- like like it says in the email, agreeing with that. This group of players, I don't know if the fame of '94 had gotten to them in some kind of way and poisoned their minds. Um, but this group of play- Steve Sampson was he was he did a lot of bad things as manager. I don't know what happened with Marcelo Balboa. Why he just like if he felt like I need to show that I'm the alpha here, so I'm going to bench my most important player and show everyone who's in charge. Like I think that maybe there were some insecurities with him, but boy, he was dealt a tough hand with this, with this group of players. He really was. Um, so yeah, that was that was one of my big takeaways too from this. Just like I am um, the, the negative, like Frankie Hayduck. Thank God for him. What a breath of fresh air. So this team loses to Germany, who's among the best teams in the world. They all go running to the press, crying, angry about everything. They're 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 all, you know, there's infighting. And Hayduck is just like, okay, we lost to Germany. Everyone loses to Germany. Yeah. Calm down, everybody. I, I think I think that um often when a team, a lower team Exceptions are there. Croatia just went from tournament to tournament, strength to strength. They had down periods, but they were still a strong power. Sometimes when a minnow has a has a big World Cup, there's a correction afterwards. Mm-hmm. So after 94, these guys were superstars. Nobody expected them. They, people expect them to lose to Brazil 10-0. And in the end, they only lost 1-0. They got out of the group they weren't expected to get out of. They beat a team, Colombia, who were pre-tournament favorites, dark horses at least. It superpowered their uh, their egos. It superpowered their careers. And there was no correction afterwards. They then went on and finished fourth in a Copa America. And it's just building and building. And if you listen to the podcast, which is just so excellently done by oh, WNYC. It's fantastic. And, and Roger, Roger Bennett. The... The egos are growing. 
We felt like we could hang with anyone in the world. We felt on our day we could beat anyone in the world. Now, a lot of teams say that, but secretly they don't mean it. These guys taught it. They genuinely had internalized this. And then when things don't go their way, they do what a lot of professional footballers do. They scapegoat. What I couldn't understand was how quickly they scapegoated. Oh, my God. It unraveled like it was, really fast. Every one of them was talking to the press after the Germany game immediately. Yeah. And not just like, you know, the, the Charlotte Tribune. <laughs> they were talking to the Washington Post, the, the New York Times. Anyone that would listen, they were they were trashing the manager. Uh, incredible behavior. And Samson was nearly going to send Lalas and Winalda home. Um, was it Winalda? Oh, no, maybe. Uh, was it Balboa? Was it... I don't remember who. Lalas was one of them anyway. Um, can now, you I imagine will say, that? Uh, unbelievable if that had happened. Now, I will oh. say, again, Steve Sampson is far from blameless here. I mean, some of his decisions. Now, are... listen. Now, listen. If you want to. If you want to ruin a team ethic, if you want to destroy a cohesiveness that has been built up over decades. By the way, think of American soccer, the landscape of American soccer. Before 1990, all these guys were in like East or West Coast camps. They mm -hmm. knew each other. They knew every man. There wasn't a soccer playing kick player kicking a ball of an elite level in the US, a college level that these guys didn't know. They came together. They were always together. They knew, like, and then you go, that bond, that 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 culture, that um, kind of, uh, that breeding ground for success has been built. And then you go and you give a guy who is not an American, you fast track, you you literally take him into the squad. David Regis, like you you get him specifically, and you take someone else's place so he can play, like. It's not a case of, well, you know what? He has American parentage. He is whatever. He, he literally was sworn in weeks prior to a World Cup. And he was brought yeah. in because he had knowledge of German football. And it's the great insecurity. Our guys won't know how to hang with them. We need someone from there. Right. Our coaches don't know how to coach against them. We need someone from over there. It's the great American soccer albatross. That's always there it never goes away and Samson had it in spades and it was destructive because he brought in David Regis he should never have done that Lalas was right and particularly right in this kind of atmosphere of the US team you go with the guys what brung you you can't change like that yeah. and it was I mean the effect that must have had I there know it's not how Regis remembers it but I mean the guy couldn't speak English I know how I know. did he get through his examination and the way that he even got to take the examination was unbelievable. What a story. If it weren't for the ESPN cameras that were there when he was trying to take it, the, like he wouldn't have been allowed to. The cameraman basically bullied the guy into allowing him to take the, the whole story was incredible. Yeah, some of the Samson stuff, it feels like, I don't know, you ever see um, Walk Hard, Dewey Cox? Like he, yeah. Like Dewey Cox is like, he's trying to come up with his masterpiece. And so like his masterpiece song that sums up his entire life. And he's bringing in like... At one point, they're like, Dewey, you've got 56 didgeridoos here. There's a goat in here. Like, what is all this? This isn't even music. Like, some of Samson's decision-making felt like that. Like, he finally has gotten this job that he coveted. 
I need to be so perfect. I need to do every, I need to be thinking outside the box. His form, what was it? The three, six, one, they were going to play three, six, one. I, I mean, I what? literally, yeah, ben, you know, benching, benching established star players. Like you said, bringing in a guy from literally out of nowhere. Um, like it just felt like I was watching Dewey Cox wheeling in didgeridoos all over the place, trying to come up with his masterpiece. Like that was how, that was how it felt yeah. to me. What did you, the, the last bit on this, what did you make of the Harks when all the thing? Um, I thought it was incredibly candid. But the decision to send Harks home, which are you team oh, Samson in this? Or are you with the players who said, no, he shall, still should have been there? Oh, he should have been there. Wow. Okay. He should have been there. I mean, I don't know. Boy, that's I think a, you bring, I think you bring him. That's an unbelievable thing to allow into your locker room. Uh, I, I think you, you got to get the two guys together if you can and say, have we a problem here? Like, Seriously, and Ronaldo's Ronaldo seems adamant that he wanted him to go. I know, and that he could, and that it could have worked. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll say this: American Fiasco again. It was out five years ago, so many of you may already know this, but it's so good. I, I and I think that I'd I would tell this to Roger Bennett if he were in front of me right now. Oh my more, god, more do it for all of them, all the world. I, I would like this series for every World Cup that the U.S. have participated in. I think I want him to do I I want him to do Irish disaster, (laughs) Roy Keane and Saipan. But like, can you imagine, JJ, this this past World Cup with the U.S. with the like with all the drama of Reina and Bearhalter? Like, oh, he I mean, he may be recording a podcast right now. Yeah. Anyway, that's how I'll know if we soon if we've really made it as a pod. It's not if we can ascend to high up on Apple's charts. If I go on their charts and see that. American fiasco is once again in like the top five. I'll know that we've inspired a lot of people to suddenly listen to this thing out of nowhere. And and I'll know that that was our, by the way, get on Twitter and let Raj know you're listening to it. Do that and tell him, tell him we sent you. Yeah. It's really, really good stuff. Hey, that's all I got. My friend, you got anything else? Nothing. I got to go and be hung over. Okay. (laughs) Well, Hey, to you, I say, check it later phone boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the caught offside soccer podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.